this week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. A writer. Animal sacrifice. Sea org? Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side. We watch every episode of seminal 80s horror anthology series, Tales from the Dark Side. There you go. And report it back to you. I'm Matt Noss. With me is Matt Rose and Jen Hansen. How's everybody doing today? Hi, so right. good. What's up? Today's episode is Printer's Devil. Printer's Devil. Uh, as is customary at the beginning of every episode, we write down what we think this episode is before we watch it. Uh, so who wants to go first on their guess about what Printer's Devil is? Actually, I would like to hear yours first, Matt. Sure. It's an old-timey free-for-all where Gutenberg's Faustian deal is finally <laughs> revealed. God, that would be great. I would love that. Um, uh, that felt talesy. Yeah, that feels talesy. No, well, especially after Comet Watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, mine is, uh, a printer's newspapers keep adding stories about someone who will die the next day. Kind of like early edition. Okay. Um, mine was, a guy owns a printer that sold, it, sold to the devil, but the soul was cursed. <laughs> we were all woefully incorrect. Uh, Jen... Please hit us up with those sweet deets. Let me give you guys some sweet deets. This episode, Printer's Devil, aired February 2nd, 1986. A desperate, frustrated writer and auteur. Do you call this guy an auteur? No, mm -mm. not at all. Is convinced by a shady, oversized producer to use animal sacrifices to become successful. Things don't go as planned. Hmm. Uh, this episode starred uh, Larry Manelli. Or, I'm sorry, Larry Monetti. Uh, he was Liza Manelli. Yes, that's right. This <laughs> Liza Manelli. Larry Manetti. Uh, he played Junior. He was known. Uh, he was on Magnum PI. He played Rick Orville. Rick Wright on Magnum PI. He was also in lots of Skinamax movies. Oh no. And a movie with, according to IMDb, the title of Bandit, colon, Bandit, Bandit. <laughs> bandit, Bandit, colon, Bandit. Bandit, colon, Bandit, Bandit. So does that mean that he's a bandit of bandits? Bandit. Whose name is Bandit. Yeah, that... Yeah, a man named Bandit who is a Bandit, Bandit. Bandits. Yeah. Okay, all right. Also stars Charles Knapp. Uh, he was Kellaway. Okay. Uh, he was in. He was the Sky Marshal in Twilight Zone, the movie. He looked yep, vaguely yep, familiar. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I'm trying to think of yep. where I knew him from. There's also the mortician in Chinatown. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Kate Charlson uh, played Brenda. She was in Terms of Endearment and Dreamscape. Uh, she had some small roles in there. Uh, written by uh, Ron Goulart. Goulart. <laughs> it's Ron Goulart. Uh, I don't the know what this means. Bus. I would have to. I'd have <laughs> Get on the ghoul bus? 
I'd have to dive into the history of Ron Goulart, but it says on IMDb he is the uncredited creator of Tech War. <laughs> oh. You mean, wait, you mean um, oh, William, Shatner's, William Tech Shatner's Tech War? Yeah. <laughs> I'm uncredited. Yeah. Uh, and then this episode was directed by uh, John Harrison, who has directed many films and many shows. Uh, also, the uh, Dune miniseries from 2000. Oh, Holy wait, crap. the one on yeah. sci-fi? Uh, yeah, the one with uh, William Hurt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so quite a, yeah, totally, hmm. totally decent director. Yeah. He didn't deserve Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> I have Everybody to say, needs to start somewhere. Yeah. I have to say at the top of this episode, this episode actually looked really good. It did, yeah. Um, yeah. It looked, it did look well directed. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the over under on man living in the sunlit world of what he believes to be reality? Yeah, uh, I think it's like a hundred percent. Well, yeah. there is unseen by most a place that's just as real. But not as brightly lit. Are you guys talking about a dark side? Yeah, it's, it's a, a dark, dark side. side. Oh, all right. Yeah, then this is definitely a dark side. <laughs> this is 100%. <laughs> guys, the door to the dark side swings open. <laughs> and we are in a Stephen King book. All of <laughs> Stephen King books. A writer at a typewriter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Stephen King novel. And I mean, he went to the Danny Aiello School of Sweating. <laughs> <laughs> because he's he's sitting there, and it looks like someone unleashed an entire bottle of spray, like hairspray on his face. Yeah. I wrote, um, so the guy who played Rick on uh, <laughs> Magnum P.I., his name is Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, Junior has five Junior o'clock. Harmon. Junior Harmon has five o'clock shadow on his five o'clock shadow. <laughs> <laughs> like they really That's ten o'clock shadow. Yeah, they really were like, he needs more stubble. He's too hungry to shave. <laughs> he also has tape on his glasses, so it's like, oh, he's a writer. Oh, oh did he? Yes. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, he had scotch tape on the bridge of his oh, glasses. Man. It was like, oh, he's a struggling writer. So he hears a. So he's sitting at his typewriter, writing into the void, ri- uh, typing a page, ripping, ripping it, it out, out, crumpling it, throwing it in the garbage, starting again, and this is a clear montage of how a writer writes. Writing is rewriting or just throwing well, away it, what yeah. you have. Yeah. Just creating a fire hazard in the corner of your room. Can you imagine how awful it must have been having to write at a typewriter? Like, I remember writing, like, stories and stuff, or, like, like uh, papers <laughs> for school. Mm-hmm. But but after that, I was, I was all computer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because it's, like, writing in general is difficult on a computer. Because, you know, you have to do it. The, acti- the action of writing is never easy. Mm-hmm. You kind of, like got to get into the habit of writing mm-hmm. and then it becomes part of your life yep but like that would be an extra oomph to not do it that like every mistake i make i have to correct yeah and yeah then I, I i i well i mean can you imagine before typewriters where you had to either hand write or um at type some point set. have it yeah movable type yeah. I mean, that just must have been bananas. Can so. you guys imagine even before you had to typeset or have movable type, you just had to like kind of like etch things in caves? <laughs> it's real Games of Thrones. Can you yeah. imagine even before that? Oh. It was just sitting around an open fire. Telling or, or like you would have to be like um 
oh god, not Horatio, whoever whoever told um, the Iliad, Homer, 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 where you would have to have Bill. such a memory. <laughs> No, the thought the thought went through my head. Why did you do it so quietly? <laughs> oh, Homer? Sex Go. on my phone. So we are typing at the typewriter. Typity type, type to type, type, type. But don't worry. He's exhausted, so he collapses on, on it. On the typewriter. The and most comfortable so, so place the thing, to sleep. The thing that annoyed me was that while he's typing, no radio on. Mm-hmm. As soon as he falls asleep, radio broadcast. Well, that made me think it was like part of a dream or something at first. Oh, or a but I don't radio. think it was. Well, the call signals WLTV come on, and they go WLTV rocks. Oh yeah. Do you think that that's where uh, Jerry? Um, God damn it! I can't remember anything today. Uh, the episode where the guy turns into the devil. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh Jerry it's, Stiller. Yeah, Jerry Stiller. Think I was gonna say Jerry Seinfeld, and I was like. Nope. <laughs> but, but tangentially related. Well, yeah. T- tangentially, it was probably part of the same network because yeah. that was a talk radio station. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't really rock. And right. It did but not but rock. like Clear Channel might have owned both of them. Exactly. <laughs> well, lucky he has this radio on because Alex Telloway comes on and says, Are you a writer? Pretty, pretty specific ad. Yeah. At two o'clock in the morning. Are you a writer? Are you not very good? Can you not come up with ideas? Do you have you not shaved in a couple days? Do you smell kind of bad? Always ripping pages out of that typewriter of yours, trying to write into the void and it's just not working. <laughs> Are you the author of Into the Void? Hey, How's, you. is your name Junior? How's it going? Not you, good, is it? Not good, is it? Don't talk to your radio. I can't hear you. Anyway, anyway, there's got to be a better way. It was like, do you remember those like draw winky ads in the back of? Uh, yes. Oh, where, where you'd had to, you had like, to draw a turtle yeah. and then send it back. Hell yeah, I do. That's that's what this was. So it was a draw winky commercial, except for it was for writing. Uh, he but uh, but he's uh, out cold. He doesn't hear this commercial. Yeah. So Junior ignores it. He does get up eventually and goes to the fridge where he's got uh, a sweet uh, a sweet bottle of Sunny D. And one old banana in yeah. the fridge. <laughs> I, I wrote, God, something about um, gross ass banana OJ. Man, he can't even do a sunny tub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got no milk, no purple stuff. Oh, thank God, Sunny D. <laughs> oh, thank do, you, do you have a tub of margarine? <laughs> need it. Need a sweet float. <laughs> sweet margarine, margarine float on the Sunny D. He looked like he was either just moving in or just moving out. Hey, Margarino. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Please. I'll no. cut it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he looked like he was just moving in or just moving out. And then when he's going through the mail, it was like, oh, clearly he is coked to the gills. Also, <laughs> and that's where all of his money is gone. Like, I've never seen anyone go to the mailbox, go, uh, pill, letter, well, uh, uh, oh, mailbox, here's the paper, mailbox crumple, crumple, is- crumple. Mailbox is generous. Oh, Someone true. threw the mail under his door. That's right. Uh, but he just he got like the newspaper and just sort of it was it was sort of like there's got to be a better way style of reading a paper, which is like opening it and being like whoa what whoa and just fumbling and crumbling it. Honestly, all. it reminded me of I, I think this was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he he grabs a piece of paper and then it's just and then there's like a pterodactyl or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There is um there's a couple weird moments. He 
he comes back to his desk and he sits down and he's the radio is still on playing rock music, but it is clearly not rock music. Public no. access rock music. <laughs> Hot flute. <laughs> um, My name is Steve Voy. <laughs> Steve, not Steve Vai that you're familiar with. Mm-mm. It's Steve Void. Uh. From Into the Void. Uh, he calls, uh, he is desperate for money. He's not eaten in several days. But he keeps saying to the two fish that are on his desk that I write, those fish are dead. <laughs> um, or dinner soon. Yeah. 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 He keeps saying, tonight we get to eat steak and shrimp. artichokes. Steak, shrimp, and, and artichokes. artichokes. I wrote that down because I, I, I wanted to ask you guys, is is that what you eat when you've made it? Oh, a classic sass meal. <laughs> oh, you are you talking it's about steak, steak shrimp, and artichoke? Shrimp, yeah, <laughs> it's a classic sass. Uh, I can't wait till I make it in podcasting, <laughs> and then I can take you guys out for sass. Oh, I can't wait either, Maddie. Oh. Just we all quit our jobs and yeah. have a sass meal. Oh, guys, yeah, this this steak and shrimp is pretty good, I guess. Just artichoke. Could you get me an artichoke though? Well, Did I ever tell you about? I don't know if it's just in my family or if it's a Sicilian thing, but um, whenever somebody is like a show off or like super proud, they're a big cocotula, which is a big artichoke. Uh, and so, like, they're puffed up, like, all of their leaves, like, the artichoke leaves are out. So, like, when you I think you're a big deal, you're a that. big cocochula. Look at the big cocochula. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, isn't that a music festival? Yes, it is. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, you nailed it right on the head with yeah. it being a big artichoke. Ugh. How many bands does <laughs> Young the festival? Giant thinks they're so big. <laughs> How many festival acts do you need? Mm-hmm. Two. Simmer down, Coachella. Well, he calls Mr. Gifford's office, and the woman who answers the phone is like stereotypical front Bob's office. Hey, 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 Mrs. Garcia, I want to talk to him. He's not on his desk right now. You, you save it for someone who believes you. Hey, uh, you don't have to take that tone with me. I, but he owes me money. Clickeroo. <laughs> Yeah, he's not, he doesn't have great business sense. He's talking about how he hasn't eaten in three days and he really needs this money. And when you need to get money from someone, calling and screaming at them is really the best way to go. Well, that's how it works. I mean, every time I get paid, it's usually because I'm yelling at somebody. Well, also, and telling them you're about a day away from starving, do you know what that means? They're going to wait two days to pay you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a day away from wasting away to nothing here. All right, well, we'll call you Wednesday. Oh my god. Can you imagine like every every time you get paid it has to be like a mob shakedown? <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean that's not how it is for you yep. guys? Yeah. Oh yeah, well the places that I work at, they take me into a room, someone sits down and I have to get my pay from them. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Every time I need to get paid, every two weeks, I'll go into a room yep. and uh, my boss will write a number on a sheet of paper and slide it across the desk to me. <laughs> And I'll say, yeah, this is my agreed upon pay. <laughs> oh, just is, checking. Is that why your coworkers call you Knuckles Nos? Yes. <laughs> Nobody likes to get hit. <laughs> That's why you lead with hitting somebody. 
Hey, Maddie, can can you go get my check for me? <laughs> <laughs> Just lead with a, with a fist to the face. The Joker said never the head first, but I don't play by them rules. <laughs> well, it doesn't did, go well at Mr. Guilford's office. Did you guys notice that he had an Equius poster on the wall? Yes. But it was like, it was ripped. It was ripped. So it made me think like... Maybe you know they maybe they were filming something else in this room later, and they had to take all the stuff down. Oh, and then put it back up. And when someone was taking it down, it ripped. <laughs> or was Leave it like it. was it like a director's <laughs> choice? Like how um, in uh, uh, that the hills have eyes, there was like an Evil Dead poster, and then in Evil Dead there was a what was the poster in the base? There was another one. There was like it was some director's bit going back and forth. I I I haven't seen Evil Dead like the first one, the original in years. You so. should. It's funny. No, I rem- I remember it. Do you? I think the Evil Dead two is funnier, but well, it is. Yeah, because yeah, it's all around. Yeah, that Evil Dead one remade. Well, it's Evil Dead one with a budget. Yep. And them having learned a lot from filmmaking. I still like Evil Dead, the original. It's actually scary. <laughs> It was it was definitely scarier than two. Have you ever seen the the um like they had done like a short before they did Evil mm-hmm. Dead? That to me was actually much scarier yep. because it was way I don't want to say way lower in quality, but it was a lot grittier and yeah, it shit, had shit just seemed. I, I don't, I don't want to say more realistic because obviously the book it's of the almost Dead like it's almost found footagey, but yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, that's because yep. I remember one time I was at City Club and they were playing that and they used to play stuff on the TVs at City Club mm-hmm. that was usually pretty cool. Um, and I remember one time they played that and I, you know, I just sat there and I watched TV all night. I didn't, I didn't go dance. That's for suckers. Hey, man. Not cool making fun of me and my dancing. <laughs> Matt and I were out on the dance floor, and I didn't know you guys. <laughs> oh, the, I did I did dance for a while, and then I found out that everyone laughed at me behind my back. Aww. I haven't danced since. <laughs> that was not me. Never make fun of your wonderful moves. Don't you worry. Junior Harmon, he calls up Miss Harcastle. <laughs> oh, we have a dance break. We did. Sorry. <laughs> no, Our she thought she she figured dance. that I was one of the frilly Tai Chi gothic dancers or like the peekaboo. No, I was the angry punching dancer. <laughs> Phil, our friend, um, who met us after after that um period, was talking to somebody. He was actually talking to Brandy McCullum. Oh, okay. Um, because you she works, City Club she is works, a goth bar. In yeah, Detroit. yeah, it's a, yeah, gothic industrial. It's very uh, popular. Well, to a certain group of people. Was, yeah, to a certain group we'll of people. Exactly but it was booming popular. in the yeah in the nineties, early. 90s, yeah, yeah. The the we mid nineties. It was it was yeah huge. Um, I haven't been there in a year. <laughs> I haven't either. I haven't been there in probably ten years. Easily. Um, I had some well, no, who went no, a couple like, of years ago. I I, yeah, I, I had to. I'll I'll go if you guys go, All but right. um, we have to get fully gothed though. No. Yes, we do. Matt still has big boots. Oh no, you you guys can do that. I I I mean, let's face it, guys. I already kind of still dress like I go to city. <laughs> yeah, <so>. that's fair. <laughs> um, I gotta I gotta lose this punch before. <laughs> <laughs> before we get you in a closet. No, 
No, uh, we saw Matt in a corset a few a few years that's ago. That's right. Hey guys, I'm beautiful. You know what else is beautiful? Talking about tales from the dark side. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> At the top of this episode, off mic, I go, "Hey guys, let's keep this one tight." <laughs> unraveled. We're not even at the act break. We're not even at the Un- first act break. It, that unraveled faster. Well, then you called it Tales of the Dark Side, yeah, and that, we knew you we were the one who did it for Shit City. You know, a guy makes a mistake. <laughs> just Matt, what are you get, doing with that knife? I'm just getting back to my writing keyboard and just writing what I want to have happen. I say bitches, bitches, bitches. I just murder these bitches. So we hear another commercial from Alex, uh, uh, from Alex uh, Callaway. Can you write your own name? Hey, stupid. <laughs> hey, washed up loser. Hey, dumb dumb. Because he had just called this woman called Miss Hardcastle, who was a who's a publisher for Mr. McCormick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I thought the same Thank exact you. thing as soon as I heard Hardcastle. Uh, like in my head, I go, "Hey, Hardcastle, where's McCormick? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Conan, where's your sword?" <laughs> uh, and uh, Miss Hardcastle, or, or the the woman, has has shot him down. Oh yeah, she's like, "You need to have your agent send that." And Junior's she's a publisher. Like, Junior's mm-hmm. like, "I don't have an agent. I need a publisher to get an agent, but you need an." An agent to get a publisher. Yeah, it's a real catch-22 where you can't get an agent without a publisher, but you can't get a publisher without an agent. How so. can you eat your mate until you've Had gotten a pudding? publisher? Don't you worry. This commercial comes on like gangbusters. Hey, I'm talking to you. Loser. Specifically you. Hey, Junior Harmon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he sounds... Uh, Kellaway sounds a little bit like Barney Gumble in the commercial, <laughs> but then when we see him later, he's more of a mix of uh, L. Ron Hubbard and Mr. Potter. Yes. The L. Ron Hubbard especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this gets real Scientology. Well, and especially with the tech war thing, knowing that the tech war thing was involved, do you think that this is like a nod to Scientology? We were sort of wondering that, because we do see an e-meter um, come out. You well, know, I'm... I'm I'm not so sure. I think that maybe it started out as um, a nod to Scientology. And then, um, I don't know, maybe he was afraid of being labeled a suppressive person Mm -hmm. um, and never getting another job again. And then decided to just make it something that appealed to the satanic panic. Mm -hmm. Um, See, I think once we get to the end, I'm going to tell you why I think this is absolutely directed at Scientology. Okay. Okay. But I don't think I can do it now because okay. I would blow the All right. Well, journey. so we hit so we hit an act break and now uh, we come back and we are at Rock and Roll office. We are. <laughs> we are we are at Joe Satriani's office. Rock 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 and roll office. Uh Cindy Lauper comes out. <laughs> oh. Lace lace gloves, leather skirt. Fish well, nets. She's a hot tamale. So what I what I wrote was heroin addict or prostitute or what parents think punk rock looks like. You be the judge. <laughs> Her earrings do not disappoint. No. We have keyboards at one point. <laughs> we have cross huge crucifixes at one point. She was great. Yeah, she's a real like. Welcome to the office. Yeah. 
Uh, so she is the the secretary who brings Junior back in uh, to meet uh, uh, what's his name? Callaway. Callaway. Tellaway. Ca- Callaway. It's Callaway. Callaway. K E. Like Cab Callaway. Yeah, because oh, she calls him Mr. K. Okay, I wrote Tellaway. I don't know why. Were you thinking I don't know Tellaway either. burgers? I was. Oh, I just got Tellaway's fries. Mm. Gotta get some tasty tiny burgers and also tales <laughs> of the dark side. <laughs> nice, nice bringing it back, Matt. That was really good. Um, uh, so, am I the only one who thinks that when he and Callaway are talking first, and Callaway is just kind of walking from buffet to buffet, he picks up a piece of butter and eats it? <laughs> I did not see oh, that. I, I wrote that he was playing my favorite game, bread or cornbread. <laughs> Because he is straight up tearing hunks of bread and hunks of t- cornbread that have butter by them. Okay, all right, all right. That's that is why I thought that he was just straight up eating a stick of butter. He's, and he's like, "You eat anything, Junior? Uh, I need a, I need to always stay full." Junior, who told us he was starving yep. and was like had hadn't eaten for three days, has this this sumptuous buffet in front of him with a corpulent man gorging in in front of uh, meats and breads and candles. My God, the candles! So many candles. Was this a time? Was eighty six a time when you couldn't have a meal without candles? <laughs> because it seems like every episode, and this one in particular, every every meal, every time they were sitting down, there were candles. I would I would think yes because my idea of fancy eighties dining mm-hmm. did have candles involved. Absolutely had candles involved. One hundred percent. Whereas like now fancy dining to me is like, oh, it's gonna be a bare wood table. Right. <laughs> yeah, a uh, 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 napkin cut from sackcloth. Right. Like I'm gonna hear a goddamn story about this napkin. Right. <laughs> oh, this artisanal Our artisans are artisanal. <laughs> I, I go to, uh, I've been to Alinea in Chicago a couple times, which is super fucking fancy. And the uh, napkins are made out of Scottish linen. Jesus. And it's their number one stolen item. People steal, <laughs> people steal their napkins all the time because they're, they're really nice, mm-hmm. but they also have a P on them. Mm. Well, they have the, they have the Alinea signal yeah. symbol on them. Um, but yeah, it's their number one stolen item. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, not for them, but. (laughs) He is yammering on. Junior is trying to keep up. He's mine on grapes, on cornbread, on regular bread. Do you know who he reminded me of? Who? Hedonism Bot from Futurama. One million percent. I wrote Boss Hog at one point. (laughs) Yeah. He did did have a definite Boss Hog vibe. So... Um, so Callaway pulls out it, it, clearly an e-meter. It wasn't anything other than an e-meter, right? Or a Campbell soup can with a phone cord on the back. Okay, but that's an e-meter. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so he has him squeeze the e-meter, and ooh, the machine says he'll make a hundred and fifty thousand dollars his first year. Like, well, no, he said uh, he said a hundred and fifty. Um. And he says, "Do you mean I'm going to make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars this year?" And he says, "Well, one hundred and twenty. I get thirty. Uh-huh. That's pretty good money in '86. Oh yeah. hell yeah, it was. He stands up. Our our our. What are we going to call this receptionist? Punk rock reception. Punk rock girl. The punk rock girl comes in with a glass of champagne. She spills it on him." 
and he takes off his tie, and it's a fucking clip-on, guys. Oh, so so for one, I wrote um, immediately, uh, as this scene happens, how do drinks work? Because she walked right into Whoops. him. Um, and yeah, she spills it on him, and then he's like, oh, how dare you? Uh, we do find out later. Liquid. We do find out later it was intentional. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, because it looked 100% intentional. Um but yeah, when when the clip on became visible, you once again got visibly angry. Yeah. When you saw it, where you go, Oh, that's a clip on. Why is where a I thought you were man wearing a clip on? I thought you were gonna throw it in the air and just leave. Don't wear a tie then. Were those more popular in the eighties? Well, I had a clip on tie when I was a kid, and they were the yeah, worst. But you, were a kid. you didn't know how to yeah. tie a tie. As an adult man who occasionally has to wear ties for work. Or court. <laughs> Mainly for court. Um, <laughs> hey, man. That guy deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. all have troubles. We aren't talking about it. This <laughs> okay, so Calloway this reveals... This podcast is all I got. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he reveals that um, all good agents do magic. Oh, this yeah. So and that the book-selling racket is yeah. all magic. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I wrote, um, Callaway might be L. Ron Hubbard or the devil. Um, and then almost immediately he starts talking about black magic. Right. And he walks over. <laughs> he walks over to this painting, hits a button. And the painting, <laughs> this is so sad. That I was impressed with how smoothly the painting slid over. I was too. I was too. Because that like it like was, it was, uh... it was obviously not someone just pulling it to the side, right. like the Star Trek doors it, in the yep. original series. This was like smooth and quick, and it like stopped on a dime, and it's just a bunch of small little um, drawers. Yeah, like a card it, catalog. It looks yeah, like exactly. a safety like deposit a card box. Right, right. Yeah. Or a card I mean, catalog. it really it really did remind me of a card catalog in a library. Mm-hmm. And he walks over and he's looking and he's looking and he's looking because they've been talking about how um Junior's old agent, Guilford. Yeah, Guilford owes them or owes him money. And so he's like, Oh, you know what? I I, I know him. Hold on. Walks over, hits the button, painting slides over. He see he looks okay, here he is. Pulls out. Pulls out a little handkerchief, pushes it back, walks over. I knew this would come in handy again. Calls, pushes the button for his assistant. The assistant calls. And, the, and then he dumps out what looks like a junk Baby, drawer. Baby's first black magic kit. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, I saw... I saw... Uh, Rainbow in the Dark once, so <laughs> I know what I need to do. I'm just going to dump these. I, uh, I've, I've seen a few Ozzy Osbourne album covers, so yeah, I know I'm kind it, of an expert. I know what it takes to be the occult. I've seen uh, I know Bark what it takes moon. to summon a demon now. It's the contents of a bindle of a pedophile on the run. <laughs> a femur bone, <laughs> rubber band. A cat skull. A baby doll. <laughs> and a baby doll. He's like, ah, the baby doll. Do you have a pin? Junior's like, a pin? A safety pin? A, sa- a, sa- a, sa- a safety pin? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. There she is. Uh, prissy talk. That was the best one I could do. I'm sorry. That was great. 
So Harry Guilford's on the phone. Uh, this this dude sputtering about why he can't pay this guy. Uh, my, my kids got this thing, and my wife needs a new uh, seal skin coat, nah. and my horse needs new hooves. And uh, stab, 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 doll, stab, doll, stab, doll. Oh! oh, my ulcers. Well, you don't want those ulcers to turn into migraines. Stab, 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 stab. <laughs> The baby doll keeps squeaking. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's like a squeak toy where it, it makes me think that this is a toy for a dog. That's what I was thinking, too. But I was thinking like, the same thing. Gives... Why would there be a baby squeaky toy? Who, that why is exactly. I, I was thinking like a dog who, who, unless they're a, a complete baby. psychopath, gives a squeaky baby toy to a dog. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to know my 1000% practical reason that that thing had a squeaker in it? Yes. Sure. Because when he squeaked it is when he stabbed him, and he was on the phone. So it was like, when you hear the squeak, ah, oh yeah. my god, yep. that it was 100% just a practical thing. Yeah. Had nothing to do with anything. Well, so Harry Guilford's going to pay up. Um, now the two of them are talking, uh, are talking business. This is um, Junior is talking to Kellaway. Kellaway opens at his a grimoire book. Yeah, that, yeah. So he opens his grimoire, and he starts looking. Okay, so a writer, a writer of your caliber needs to. Animal oh, here we go. Sacrifice. Perform animal sacrifice. Oh, great! And so he's like, animal sacrifice. Hands him a knife, puts it on the grimoire, and it's like, go. But the last writer who used this knife. Want a Pulitzer. Act break. Act break. So it comes back, and it's him. It's him walking back into his now fancy apartment with a sexy lady who looked familiar, but I wasn't sure if it was Hardcastle or not. Turns out it's Hardcastle. Yeah. And I wrote, uh, now he rich as fuck. <laughs> because, like, his apartment is nicely painted. Mm -hmm. He's got art on the walls that we haven't seen in other episodes. And Hardcastle um, is very impressed by all of this. Oh, yeah. She says the line, now this is what I call exquisite taste. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? What human talks like that? Oh, and an animal lover. Because he's got a rabbit in a cage in the middle of this like well-appointed room. Yeah, yeah, he's he's I mean, he's got animals in every room. I knew it once I read Long in the Saddle. So they're ugh obviously telling you that this has been a time jump. Mm -hmm. Because Kellaway wanted him to write a, a western. Western. And the western's name is Long in the Saddle. Um, and he gets on the phone with Kellaway again at this time. He's trying to make out with this girl. Mm -hmm. The phone rings and he picks it up. Hey, man, you're in the bone zone. Yeah, don't maybe yeah. don't answer the phone when you're in the bone zone. Maybe unplug yeah, the phone. For real, for real. But Kellaway's like, hey, man, great job. Also, uh, I did a little extra magic, so that woman is all about you now. Yeah. So how uh, how's Hardcastle doing? Then she comes out full risky business. Oh yeah, yeah. Just wearing <laughs> just wearing an oversized men's t shirt. Yep. Or a, or a, a button up, a button up, button up yeah. button down Oscar shirt. Sexy look. 
Well, Rosie will bring you a goat tomorrow. Now, um, which which thing did you fi- have more um, more problems with, more concerns about? Um, did you feel bad for Junior when uh, he was talking about having to sacrifice a goat, or was it the struggle Junior had with uh, sleeping with a woman who was under a love spell? <laughs> it was definitely the goat. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely much more concerned about the goat. Yeah, because he really didn't seem he like he showed shit about no concern whatsoever. Yeah. About his his you know his lover being under some kind of of spell. So I guess it's the eighties and you can do that. We've talked about how yeah it was a yeah they time. were not they were not exactly uh, look yeah. this punch board in front of me. Yeah. You kidding me? <laughs> Think I care about her feelings? I haven't eaten in a in a year. I'm about to eat that puss. You know what I'm talking <laughs> oh, about? Oh yeah, put him up. <laughs> put him up. <laughs> On the glass. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Sir Mix-a-Lot reference. <laughs> Holy shit! Put them on the glass. Put Holy on the shit! Got to see them titties. <laughs> All right, Junior is horned up, and it now cuts to a year later. Yeah, that's oh, that was a year. I didn't think they they gave us a, an exact time frame. She but... said that they had lived together for more than a year, so this could be like oh, two Jesus. years later. Because how long did it take for them to? Well, move it would in be together? it would it would probably be under two though, right? Because she sure. otherwise she would say two. Um, but are... yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna say this is 18 months. Okay, let's right. say it's 18 months. There are animals everywhere. He, so <laughs> I I wrote down they have a red fox exclamation point. I swear, if any harm comes to that. <laughs> Oh God, where? Oh yeah, it it, it, it just kind of trails off from there because then the episode starts to go bananas. But if they would have harmed that red fox, I just would have gotten up and I would have walked out because I want a red fox as a pet. And like I know, oh they're wild animals, they'll bite you, man. Like shut up. I want a red panda and I want a red fox. Anyone who's listening who can make this happen, Matt at Rose at email at gmail.com. <laughs> Do not give mad <laughs> animals. Whatever. Whatever. Um, she blows a gasket at Junior because this place is now Dr. Doolittle's We live lobby. in a zoo. This place is a zoo. <laughs> I, I write down, this guy can't afford a storage unit now. No, I want to I wanna right. keep doing it. My makeup. My makeup. <laughs> Places, everyone. Places. <laughs> I, I need talk to talk to my, to my agent. agent. Let, Let me talk, talk to your agent. <laughs> there is a baby lion here. So they start to like make out. Now there's a baby lion. They, they start to like get full in on it. And you just see a baby's lion, like a baby lion's face. Yeah. Jumps over the couch. What no problem. What are you guys doing, you, you guys <laughs> doing right now? And then the doorbell rings, and punk rock secretary is there. Well, now a... she's now she's gothic secretary. Oh yeah, now she's gothic secretary because time has passed. Uh, with and a she's bear. got a bear. She's got a fucking a, a like tiny a little baby, baby black bear. bear. Unbelievable. And I'm like, this guy can't afford a sanctuary at yeah. this point, or a mildly bigger apartment. Where is he murdering <laughs> all of these animals? Yeah, how yeah. is that happening? Get and, a and where's he disposing unit? of these things? I mean, just. Jesus, it's not like you can just dispose of a baby black bear anywhere. And how are they not destroying the apartment? How is a is a baby lion not just well? Tearing I would shit imagine up? that they're under some kind of spell. Oh, all right. Oh. Because like, you know, you're supposed to sacrifice it, and the, the 
I don't know, the blood or whatever. But it doesn't mean that, like... <laughs> you know a lot about animal sacrifices, Matt. Well, he read the <laughs> he read the Old Testament. That's true. Yeah. You are a big OT fan. I, uh, I have the lesser key of Solomon. <laughs> it's okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... They, uh, there are just so many animals in this place now, and it cuts back to him going to, uh, going back to Callaway's, and he kind of wants out of this. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Look, it's a phone call to Callaway, right?" Oh no, he he no, goes he goes, he goes, goes back, to yeah. his office. But this is where he's covered in blankets and eating grapes. Yeah, this is where yeah. I thought he looked like hedonism bot. Okay, yeah, because uh, I was right. I was like. Grapes and doll hands. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, there's so an episode he, of Buffy where a guy is like a big giant slug that they're like bathing. Well, I think, uh, oh God, I hate to bring up the original Blade, but there was also <laughs> you motherfucker, you, you son of a bitch. I told you never bring up the original Blade. I'm sorry. Guys. He said he hated to do it. Uh, I do. He I, simply had to. I'll allow it. But there was there was a similar character. Where it was like, oh god, the hacker vampire or something, but it like took up an entire warehouse. Like it was a it was a very yes. big vampire. Yep. And, and then he shows up to try to get information out of it with like a sun lamp. Oh my god. So um so he goes to him. Junior uh, can't kill anymore, or he he says uh, he can't. He says his house is a mess. Right. He's he's far more concerned about his house being a mess because he has to keep all of these animals around for the possibility that he will need to sacrifice any one of them. Right. Why didn't he just wait for the animal to get there, murder it, and get on about his yeah. day? Well, also, why isn't he more concerned about being like an animal murderer? Yeah. Versus like well, just worrying about the mess of it. So that's a sociopath. That's yeah. like that's super crazy stuff. So one thing I wanted to point out was that um, when Cal- he and Callaway are talking, Callaway says, you can't eat self-respect. Mm-hmm. I just thought that that was an interesting line. I wrote that down, too. He's not wrong. Well, you know who was wrong? Junior. Because now it's... Well, yeah, he hunt. tells him, like, I am not accepting any more animals. Forget it. Well, that also means that he's not accepting any more work because they are all of a sudden down on their luck. Yep. Well, yeah, it cuts to what apparently is a different apartment. Months, a year. She walks in and she says $300. And he says, but I paid $500 for that stereo. That was the best I could get. So why does she have to go out and sell your crap? Because he's he's busy writing stuff on a piece of paper and then throwing it away. Oh, well. Well, she's lost her job in publishing. He's he can't get anything published. It turns out he wrote a book of poetry. She published she, it. And now they're both blackballed. Yeah. And now apparently he's going to be headaches. honest, can you imagine what his poems are like? Oh, oh my god. I don't want to think about it. The blade slides in. The blade slides in. Good night, bear. <laughs> Hello paycheck. <laughs> I call, I call this that leaves of grass. <laughs> Two. <laughs> the reckoning. He named, he named his book Leaves <laughs> of Grass <laughs> Two. <laughs> oh, Walden Two. Oh God. <laughs> R- 
my return to Walden. Like, ugh. I hated the first one. The bell jars. <laughs> it's a brand name. Ah, oh, give me an otter. Where the sidewalk begins again. <laughs> Yeah, where the sidewalk <laughs> picks back up. <laughs> oh. So they're all they're all fucked up. Uh, they don't have any money, and the girlfriend says, "Look, why don't you just call him? Just call uh, Callaway. Callaway." All right. So he finally finally gets the the nerve back to uh, call up Callaway. And there's Galloway, and he's got a doll in his hand, and around the doll is uh, the tie, that clip-on tie that uh, Punk Rock Secretary uh, had him. taken from him. So mm-hmm. Calloway has been um, putting the juju city. on him. Mm-hmm. You can tell that the junior is, is holding his head because he's had horrible migraines. Yeah. So uh, Calloway has been doing a number on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just waiting for him to come back to the fold. So... So you just see his side of the conversation now, Junior side. So yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, oh great. Yeah, I can write that. Yeah, wait. Oh, another sacrifice. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, I can do that. You'll no publish into the void. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that was months? his baby. I'll travel a year. Mm-hmm. Hangs up the phone. Walks back up to his girlfriend, who's, who's sitting at the dinner table, looking up at him. Sweet kiss. Hey. Did you get another job? I did. I did. It's a big one. There's just one more thing I have to do. And he's got the knife in his hand and he brings it up to her throat because he's going to slit her throat. Yep. Tales from the dark side. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That's show business. (laughs) All right, Matt. So get to... Okay, so here's why. I, so here's why I think it was Scientology. Was uh, it like an indictment of Scientology? I think it was an indictment of Scientology. Okay. Okay, so it's. Start- I think anybody that's not in Scientology is pretty much on the same page. So it starts with the test, the engrams. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was money. You're going to make this much money. He's in. You ha- in order to do this, there are certain things you have to give up. Parts of your humanity. Mm-hmm. But as he climbs up, he he gives more sacrifices, but he gets more yeah. until the amount of sacrifice isn't worth it. But then when he leaves the fold, his his life is screwed over because they have too much power. Right, right. Yeah. There are punitive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. There's punitive damages because now you've left the fold. But now to get back into the fold, you have to do something even crazier, like join Sea Org. <laughs> <laughs> In order for everything to turn out better. Yep. That that's how I was looking at it. Yeah, I mean, at one also, minute he's on King of Queens, and the next, like he's up shit creek. Yeah. Also, his name was uh, Junior Miscavige, which was right. a red real, flag. Real red. <laughs> I forgot to mention that in the beginning. Uh writers room on it. Um, anything really? There's, um. I thought the episode honestly was pretty. Oh, there's one little thing we forgot. Once uh, Junior agrees to um, Kellaway's deal, he in the thro- end, 
Yeah, he throws the doll to the punk rock girl. And she makes out with it. Yes! I wrote that too. Oh, Assistant that. makes out with baby? Yes! She makes out with the baby coming Oh, he in said, this tie. is yours now. Yeah. Weird. So what was going to happen to him? I don't know. Well, considering that she's not the one who has the magic control over that baby doll anymore, I guess that's just her toy now. I don't okay. know. Sticking in her cooch. Matt. <laughs> that's too much? Yeah. No. Little, little. No, that's not. You know, <laughs> punk rockers are. <laughs> doll and cooch and a doll? Yep. Always. Hey, remember in the 80s where everybody was cooching a doll? Hey, bro, you cooching? A doll? Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen like like any struggle with uh, with Junior like at least like doing like because they really glazed over the whole sacrifice bit other than talking about it. Yeah. You not that I wanted to see the sacrifices, but I you didn't It would have been nice him, for like, him to show empathy towards Yeah, anything he was sacrificing like, like sorry little guy. Starting with starting with humanity or like making mm-hmm. choices uh, about something, and then yeah, by the end he, of it being somebody who's just willing to you know murder murder a woman, right? Like he showed no difference between killing a rat and killing a human being, right? He was a psychopath from the beginning, right? Well, something's got to get done. I got a book I need published. <laughs> <laughs> Into the void. Give us a scale, Jen. Uh, how many squeaky dolls would you give this episode, guys? I gave it six. I gave it six. I gave it a six. (gasps) (gasps) It's number wang. (laughs) (laughs) How how weird that Printer's Devil got six six six. Yeah, the mark of the beast. Mark of the beast. You can get in contact with us on Facebook uh, at T from the Dark Side. Facebook.com slash T from the Dark Side. Twitter is TFTDS Pod. Instagram is also T from the Dark Side. We've been having some fun on there. Yeah, lots of cool pictures. Also, uh, email is t from the dark side at gmail.com. And Slasher Dave does our music. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for the shares. We super appreciate them. Uh, you can share uh, an episode um, or rate something. That is always terrific. That is always ter- terrific. You, uh, the shares are especially appreciated to help other tales from the dark side fans find a show. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Um, I've got some stuff coming up this week, so I'm going to be slammed, but, um, could you guys do me a favor while I'm busy and just try to enjoy the daylight? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Thanks. I'm not going to get a chance all week. I thought maybe like Thursday I'd have a chance. You could enjoy some daylight. Back to back. No, I'm not going to be able to enjoy it. I'll I'll pick up your slack. Oh, thanks, man. No problem. Bye. 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 Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTDSPod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.